When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the, we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. LFC Day Trippers, brought to you by bookmakers.com. Good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 for this Sunday night. I'm Gav. This is the LFC Day Trippers, by the way. Uh, we have Shani and we have Emma. So we've gone three at the back. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Keith went out on an impromptu fucking session and said, I'm on an impromptu session. And I went, you stay where you are. Don't be worrying about anything at 10 o'clock. So uh, Keith's off doing that. Before anybody fucking claims that, you know... He- Charlie won't talk to him anymore because of Wednesday night, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was hilarious. The amount of people going, Jesus, they must hate each other. Um, couldn't be further from the truth, but um, I just wanted to put it out there. Show is brought to you by bookmakers.com. Check them out for analysis, stats, articles. Um, and if you gamble, do so responsibly. And you can get all the odds from all the bookies there on all the sports, including the Premier League title race, which took another twist today. Um, look, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about, about Joe Bellingham, uh, Jurgen Klopp press conferences, embargo sections, uh, Ryan Gravenberch is being on the radar, there's a couple more as well, so we're going to last through it in the next hour or so, you're in the chat, um, hit like, um, subscribe if you haven't already, and give us all the feedback you can while we're talking through these bits, but before we start, yesterday marked the 34th anniversary of Hillsborough, and um, as a podcast we never broadcast on the day of Hillsborough, and yesterday was no different, um, it's a time for a little bit for reflection and stuff like that, and, and thinking of the people involved in that day in 1989, um, so before we move on we wanted to just mark that um, on the podcast and send out our thoughts to the people that 
you know, lost their lives on that day, their families, friends, people that survived, and people that have fought the good cause um, um, since that time and continue to do so to this day. So we wanted to mark the start of the podcast with that. There was no other way to start it, to be honest with you. So, um, yeah, our thoughts and prayers were everybody involved around Hillsborough because 34 years is a long time. A lot happens in 34 years, but it still makes that day no easier um, every time it comes around. And I'd like to commend, actually, um, a lot of football clubs um, who, you know... Um, had minutes silences and they were impeccable um at football ground yesterday who football clubs who turned up at Anfield with wreaths and, and and laid them there and had a quiet moment at um the Hillsborough Memorial. So um overall as much as a sad thing that it is every year, um there was a lot of really good classy things that were done by football clubs, individuals and everything else um yesterday to mark their anniversary. So we wanted to start with that. Um Shawnee we had an interesting chat on Wednesday night. Um, um, it nearly stopped the internet, but it didn't. The internet rolls on. Um, and since then, we've we've had a press conference from Jurgen Klopp. We've had an embargo section, which everyone seemed to know what was going on before the embargo came out. Some interesting stuff in both of those. Um, has it made anything any clearer for you? As Are you still kind of bewildered? Have you changed on anything? Have you kind of gone, oh, that's a bit interesting. You know, has anything come up in a way you thought, oh, you know, there's, 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 there's something here, there's something going on? Or are you just like, nah, they're, all, they're just a shower of pricks? Just as well, that show wasn't on Blade Tuesday, Gab, because I'd, I'd be like Blade Jack Nicholson and one flew over the two kills <laughs> next. Someone had had me up on Lowman's already after claiming the 80 euro at me. Um... <laughs> No, Gav, like, it's what Sunday now, and it came out on Tuesday, like, like I've had different conversations in, in different WhatsApp groups with different people who have some different rationale and heard different opinions, and I think the thing across the board was, it doesn't really make sense. It's not making sense that anyone sort of what's going on in um, with the Bellingham thing. Now, club coin I won't say put the kibosh on it, but I, I was a little bit annoyed by his like six hundred million players and the Ferrari thing because I don't think anyone in their right mind is is was asking for something like six hundred million players. I think I think the logic of not spending all all your money in, on Bellingham in the window is one that's understandable, but the timing for me makes absolutely um, no sense because. We're in a bit of a, a rut at the moment in terms of results and where we sit in the league. Um, if you're coming out saying you're not interested in this play, I let everyone else know you have a lot of cash to spend. It's just, it was mad for me that the same day we are reported to have put in a bid is, is the same day that we pull out. Um, it would suggest it might be a game of poker. But with time passing and the more you read from sort of the German side, it looks like that Liverpool and maybe everybody are being potentially priced out of this mill for Bellingham because the reports now is that Dortmund are looking for somewhere between 150 million and 160 million euros for Bellingham. And I think I think that for most clubs is probably not unreachable, but I, I don't even think City could finance that deal with it all, with, with it being 160 million. It, it's quite different to the Haaland deal where you're only really playing a low-ish boy out and you can pay him wherever you want them wages, but they can disguise that however they want. 
I think if it's 160 million transfer, it's big money. I think Arnhem Neymar, that's probably going to be the biggest transfer fee of all time. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. So it's just the timing of it is rough. It, it's more frustrating than anything else that it did seem to be that we kind of put this season off for um, for Bellingham and now we're sort of being priced out as talks <laughs> now he might stay. So it, it's hard to know. Um, do you think the kind of longer it goes on now, not that I don't care. Do you think he refused to answer the thing on Bellingham? Because you're talking about the Ferrari quote where he says, you know, people want Ferraris and six, I think his quote was six £100 million players. Now, no one's suggesting Liverpool should spend £600 million on six players mm. in midfield, right? But mm. the start of that quote is, I'm not, this is not about Gio Bellingham. That was his words. Yeah. Now, you can take that as, listen, this isn't about Gio Bellingham. Like, this isn't that I, the Gio Bellingham, the person I don't want them. Or, or him saying, hold on. This isn't about Joe Bellingham. It's over here. You're looking for everything else to be done. Now, it depends what camp you sit in, I suppose, where you want to read them words. But did you did that interest you at all? Because I thought, hold on, you're asked. Yeah. He was more or less asked with Joe Bellingham and wouldn't answer, and then went yeah. on about six one hundred million pound players, which is which is a bit of nonsense. Like six one hundred, it's it's madness. Like, yeah, like it. It, it was high, it's pure hyperbole by club. But look. That being said, Klopp has lied in the past, um, in regard and stuff, and it's it's just the way it is. I just you can't deny that that was a brief to at least um, Paul Joyce that Liverpool weren't gonna look. It's quite obvious that I think it's if if Bellingham will put it this way, right? This is probably the last thing I'll say in terms of it actually happening. If Bellingham does leave in the summer, right, and he goes somewhere for for example, right, Bellingham signs for Madrid for 160 million. Then you're going, right, fair enough. It, it, it's clear now why we're not there. <clears throat> of course, it's frustrating that you might go and play somewhere. But if you see Bellingham going for 120 million euros, hmm. oh, I'd be majorly disappointed that it's not the Liverpool FC because I think that's doable for us. Mm. I, I I think 120 million is doable for us. And that's not like um, at the expense of another signing maybe coming in. We, we've put this off. But if he does sign for someone in the region of 150 million, 160 million euros, look, I said last week, and it was probably harsh, and it was probably me being emotional, which is not like me, to be fair. <laughs> it's like, it, it, it's not that we're not a, it's not that we're not a serious club it's just we're never going to be at the table for them type of deals the only ones who's at the table normally for those type of deals are your Real Madrid's are your Barcelona's are your Man City's and, and even Manchester United have, have done stupid deals in the past um, I think if it's 150 million or 160 million it, it's just it's it's not how we operate. It's not our model. I think 120 million be stretching it, but something that we could definitely do. But if a if push comes to show of Gavin and August at the end of the window, Dortmund are, are trying to flog him because they've ran the bollocks out of this young fella. He's played a stupid amount of football for a 19 year old. They definitely see this as an opportunity to sell him at max capacity and have. 
confidence in that system to replace him. Because Dortmund ever only ever want to be in the Champions League and kind of run Bayern Munich close. It's not their MO to be winning Bundesliga titles. Their MO at the moment is to be identifying top quality talent around the world, bringing them in for it. Like money ball to the highest, yeah. highest capacity. Yeah. And that's exactly what they're looking to do with Bellingham. I don't know. Look, let's see. Like I said, I had more question. I had more questions than answer at the club's um, presser, which is sort of unusual for club because he normally has it. He has this funny way of being able to kind of put himself away from things. But I will say one thing: I thought anyone starting rumours of club flipping the head and losing it in the embargo section. A fucking agents because that was tame compared to some of the other stuff we've seen it, from Jurgen Klopp. It, it really was. And Emmett Kev says here one interesting line: "What Klopp knows and what Jonas right right are miles apart." Right now, I actually have what he said. He said, "And some of the things you write are so far from the truth. Not that you want to lie, but you follow something you want to believe." All right. Where do, do you think that's a dig at? You see, he also claims that he hasn't read that's been written, what what's been written this week, which I don't believe for a fucking second, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like genuinely, there's no way Klopp doesn't know what was being written this week because he comes out with that quote, you know, um, and what you write is way off the mark, and it's not that you want to lie, but it's just you want to jump on something you believe. Um, that that to me was interesting <coughs> because. And and made even more so, I think, Emma, by saying, "Oh well, I haven't read what's being written this week." Emma, he's only saying that because of what's being written this week. Is that? Do you read into that? That is that about Joe Bellingham, or is it just in general? You know, um, you write stuff about this club, and you actually haven't got a clue. Is it a dig, or is it is it because he, he skirts he skirts the Bellingham thing? Let's be honest about it. Well, I think maybe it's a reason why he's he had to specify because I think he said it, this is not about Joe Bellingham twice, and if you look at what was written afterwards. And even on Sky, they were reporting that he referred to it in relation to Jude Bellingham. But he was particular about saying, this is not about Jude Bellingham. But that part of it is lost when people go and report on it. Liverpool compared buying Bellingham to a five-year-old wanting a Ferrari and all this kind of stuff. He, he, didn't, he said the Ferrari analogy, but he didn't refer it in relation to Bellingham. What I've taken from it and then... I mean, this embargo thing is supposed to be running until half 10 tonight, so we're not even supposed to know. So even the little clips that came out today about where he where he said that, about you're going to write whatever you want. Um, I don't think it's to do with Bellingham. He said in that thing there, he said that we're going to continue doing things the same way as we've always done them. We signed the most expensive centre-half when we needed to. We signed the most expensive goalkeeper. That was 2018. Yeah, January 2018 and summer 2018. Yeah, so with inflation and the way the market has gone, I think I saw somewhere that 75 million now is around about 100 million. If you believe what you've seen and apparently we offered 84 million pound, that's not a million miles away from what the what we thought the original asking price was, so which was around about one hundred and twenty million euro. Yeah, so, so it's what probably, I think it's probably is, about it's I, probably about twenty million euros off. Yeah, so 
and 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 it was 84 million plus add-ons so to me what this screams of is and I can't remember what it was that Keith uh, said to get Shawnee off on him, but I'll just say it anyway. And if I said, me, I said Moises Soisado, I know that. <laughs> I definitely said Moises Soisado on Wednesday, <laughs> and it didn't end well. Um, to me, I I think it is a it's a, it's a it's a tactic. When has when has ever, anybody been in the so in the race for so long, and then in April said, "No, we're stepping back." To me, it was this leak of an offer. And then he immediately back out and say, no, we're going to cool on it. So what that does is it gives anybody else that we're going to be approaching the impression that we've only got about 84 million, <laughs> right? Because we're going to be going after, if you believe what you read, again, you're going to be going after Mount. You could be going after Gravenberg was mentioned today. If you go in there and they think that you've got an endless pot of money, which, again, I think we've probably secured investment. But again, they're keeping their powder dry to try and get a business a bit of business out of the way. I think we're going to get some business out of the way, and then we're going to go back for Bellingham later on in the window once we've got everything done. Now, hang on. Hold on. No, hold on. I just want to say something. Keith, Keith was enraging me last week. You're making me horny now. This. <laughs> That's only so, the beards. That's all it is. My, my kind of opinion on it is, is that it's forcing Dortmunds. I think it's kind of nearly forcing. You're pricing us out of this player. I think, and I think there's a lot of people would be of the opinion that he wants to come to Liverpool, right? So Liverpool put in a bid. They say no. We say, right, we're walking away. You're left with a player that wants to go to Liverpool, but they're walking away from the table. It kind of puts more pressure on Dortmund. Then you read today that he's open to staying at Dortmund for an additional year. So now, um, yeah. Do you take 100 million this year? Or eighty million next year, and you know, Dortmund, would, Dortmund and he's... wouldn't surprise me if they took eighty million next year, because they see a lot yeah, of value in having him there for another year. You know, like Sean, he says they're in the Champions League. He's he's a brilliant asset to have in the Champions League. Bayern Munich have just got a new manager, but they'll spend. So you know, it it is like playing second fiddle to them unless something mental happens. But let me—I'll put it to both of you, and I'll stay with you, Emma, and then Sean. Right? We've heard rumor then that. His representatives, i.e. his father, has, has looked for more money in this deal. And Dortmund have pushed the amount up accordingly. I don't know how true that is. I don't think it would be. Because, you know, and I'll tell you why. If Joe Bellingham is willing to stay at Dortmund for another year because he doesn't want to leave and go to a club that he's not particularly interested in going to, I can't see a member of his family scuppering that by saying, I want more money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think Joe Bellingham is going to allow his father to be the one that stops him move to Liverpool by insisting on more money. Now, having said that, that's if you go along with the whole story that you know money's not everything to them and they're they're about legacy and they're about this and and in fairness, there is evidence of that from the time he left Birmingham to go to Dortmund. You know the sort of way. And Joe Bellingham probably looks at a move to Liverpool as the next move in his career, not the last one, because he he could genuinely do five years at Liverpool, be twenty four, be worth. 30% more than he's worth now and move on to wherever he wants to go. So, the talk of him staying there, Emmy, and we we talked about this on Wednesday, you can go for Shawnee next. If there's, if there's any any foundation to him willing to stay at Dortmund, is that Joe Bellingham saying, I'll just stay? Because I want, look, basically, I want to go there and you won't meet there, you know, you're pricing it out a little bit. I'll stay for another year. And then they will be able to afford it and they'll come back and get me. Do you think that's, that I, could I be think, something? Think, or are we just all living in the bleeding clouds here? 
let's live in the fucking clouds. Fuck it. Right. But okay. I, I think that the right two right. stories, the two stories go hand in hand. We, we uh, look again. If you believe uh, Yanag Fjortov, which he's normally kind of on the ball, we made the bid. We then walk away, and now there's a rumor that he's willing to stay. So why would you? Be, so if if you're if you're saying this before there's any proposed bid from Real Madrid or even Man City, by the way, I don't see anybody paying 150 million for him. That's that's point to say. City need to keep their bid clean with all the charges that are coming. Why would you go there? When you could be playing League Two in two years' time, like when all of this is all sorted out, um, Shawnee, I you're probably more into Spanish football than I would be. You're saying that Real Madrid are probably highly unlikely to go anywhere near paying that. No, they that won't. They've already, so they've already distanced himself. He's, I don't think he's waiting for Manchester United to be taken over. Why would you go there? Why would anybody go there? Anyway, um, Lazlo reckons we're Lazlo reckons we're ignoring everything we've heard and just invent the scenario where he still joins Liverpool. Um, no, I don't think we are. I think we're just trying what, to. What have we heard? This is <coughs> well, not about it. Jude Bellingham. <laughs> it's said. all a guessing game, exactly and we don't we don't ever pretend to know. We're just having a chat about what does yeah. this stuff mean. This is look, come here. We've walked. Joyce has reported that we walked away from Alisson, Thiago, uh, Van Dijk. I think he even reported that we walked Jade. away from. Either we, we should we fucking should have, but there's been there's been loads of scenarios where he like he he's the one that, that announces this news and then they, they go and sign for us anyway. Like it's just unusual. Look, Chelsea cooled interest in Enzo Fernandez and went back at the end of the window to do it. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just because we cool interest doesn't mean that it's over. Um and that's not me kind of being all sentimental about it or whatever. I just I it's, it's just you don't put all of that time and effort into it for nearly two years, eighteen months, two years, to make one offer and then to say right, forget about it. Mm. Um, and I get that we we have to fill loads of other spots, but we've not, like somebody said the other, we've saved up all of our pocket money for this. You may look at why we why didn't we do that in big in January or last summer or even the January before. I know he's forty five and. Diaz, Gakbo, Nunes, whatever. But it's like we've been gearing up for this all along. There's no way we didn't know what price he was going to be. We probably thought about 120, but then these have moved the goalposts now, the goalposts now to 150. So everybody saying that, oh, how did we not know he was going to be so expensive? They probably knew it was around about 120, but they're now looking for 150. That's moving the goalposts. And I look, if it's going to be 150, or if anybody's going to pay, I'd prefer to get three players. For 150 than one Jude Bellingham. Yeah. If that's where they're gonna go. I'd go to a hundred sterling. That's about it. Yeah. It's um Paul Gormley said some Mac Hunter started a fund to buy Bellingham. I think there's fifty quid in Adam. I mean, yeah, I've seen that. It go for me to get Bellingham. And it was like zero raised of a hundred and thirty million euros. Um I love that sort of stuff. Fair play to them. Um Sean, you look look, what we're looking at. Klopp quotes and we're looking at embargo stuff and we're trying to read between the lines as much as we can off the back of just what he's saying in reaction to what's being written um, without without even admitting it because he says he doesn't read it but then you look at the German side of things as well and you know talk oh will Bellingham stay why would he stay people are saying why would he stay I'm convinced he moves this summer um, I don't know where he goes but I'm convinced he moves this summer but like you ask a question why would he stay for another year is there anything in it for you where he's he's feels he's being 
maybe priced out of a movie once and he's willing to wait that year to get that movie once rather than just like go somewhere that could be a brilliant move brilliant football club um, loads of money and just you know go no I'm not I'm not into that it's, could there be anything in that from the German side or do you think this is just more fucking shite that we're putting up with and it could go on for another year I hope it doesn't go on for another year by the way I, I think the only one who lives out by Bellingham staying at Dortmund for another year is probably Borussia Dortmund to be honest in the, in the big scheme in the grand scheme of things because if I'm being honest with you he's, look he's a phenomenal footballer we're all very aware of his qualities and, and his ability he, like he's good there for now I, I don't think he's under big pressure to have to move now I, I, he could happily go and do five years at Liverpool and probably play for Madrid or however he desires afterwards before he's even in his prime. So, like, the, I don't think the power is with either Dortmund or Liverpool here. I think the power is with the player and I think that's probably what Liverpool are relying on here um, with, with with what they've tried. Now, Emmett's, what Emmett said there is something that kind of, I never really thought of that. Liverpool where the envy of Europe and world football were how we operated um, as a football club. And that seemed to have deserted us of late um, since Michael Edwards left. And an alarming thing for me is that Julian Ward was only in the job four months before he decided, all right, I'm out. I'm, I'm handed in my notice. And there's no real news of us appointing a director of football yet because we know so little about it so it's hard to know who's making the calls but if if it drags on I, I'm not I'm not 100% with you in terms of you say that I think he definitely moved this summer it, it, it's all going to depend on, on what Don and the looking for him again I, I, I'll repeat what I said if he ends up going for 120 million 140 million all in or add-ons or whatever way it works out I really, really, I, I, I'd held, I'd hold Liverpool highly accountable for that because I think there's no doubt about it that the player wants to come and play for Liverpool. But at the same time, if if City go in and, and put up the one fifty, which I even think is unlikely for them, um, it's gonna be hard for the player to say no with with the wages he'd be offered and the chance to play with Haaland. I know, who knows what's coming over the hill for Man City, but. You can be, you can bet your bollocks that any player that signs for them now, in the next couple of years, is going to be get out of jail clauses all over the place there with them, with all this stuff that's coming down the line. That that's what they're going to be looking for. Those having into the contract, so it, it's um, it's hard to know. Um, we've seen this before. We've done this dance. It's it's crazy that this isn't even the fucking silliest thing that Liverpool have done. I I was literally only laughing to myself really that we literally released an apology on the club's website Southampton for trying to sign Virgil van Dijk yeah, and I can guarantee I can guarantee you that'll never ever happen again Yeah, that'll never happen again in the history of football and we seen they learned massively from that because the way we did business going forward there was exemplary so I think it's the waiting game now I'm not going to sit here pulling me here now for the next three months because there's little I fuck all I can do to impact it I was up the wall last week because it's been a shit show of a season and 
that was always a pre-quarter. We we always kind of like after the city the, the charity shield game, we thought we were going to kick on. But we've looked out in our arse from day from game week one. Let's be honest, against Fulham, we have. Being truthfully honest, we have. We've looked down on our arse. I don't think that's a, a, a stretch to say otherwise. It, there was a few results dangled in there where you think, right, well, we might fucking sneak top four and we'll be grand. But it, it's gone horribly wrong. And the reason we say that is, yeah, we kind of wrote the season off in order to bring this fella in and then we're out before the race even starts. So that's why I was up the wall. But look, Bellingham is just a name. I said that to you last week. If you're putting an ex-player on a pedestal for two years and then you're not signing him, fans are going to get annoyed. No matter how rational they are, people would say, oh, we're grown up. I don't worry about those things. But you, you probably do. We just don't moan about them on the internet. But I can guarantee you that it's annoying you. Definitely. I can guarantee you that it's annoying I think you. I think it's fair young, to say it's annoying young, people, especially yeah. at the price you're talking about. Yeah, I think the, but, I think the price is the thing. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, if 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 Liverpool went in and, and put in a hundred and twenty million quid, right, and Man City done it, and he went to Man City, you go, what more can you do unless you kidnap him? You know what I mean? You just can't. Or he goes to Real Madrid, or he goes anywhere if Liverpool are willing to do what they're meant to do. Um, but I think that where where you and and others and everybody I think was was annoyed over during the week was. If the money is 120 million euros, Liverpool should be financing that without an issue. Simple as. You know what I mean? Um, but look, moving away from um, what that yeah. pan says, Graven Birch is a great prospect. I'd love to see him at LFC. Now, he was linked with Liverpool before he went to um, Bayern Munich. He goes to Bayern Munich for about £25 million, I think. Hasn't really featured, hasn't really got in there. His name has come back up again. Now, we're going to get a couple of names, and we're going to talk about a couple of names here tonight. Now, before we do... We don't know anything about these players, whether they're going to sign for Liverpool, not sign for them, whether we've been in for them, talked about them, nothing. We won't pretend to know. We never will. We'll just talk about them because the names are out there. But Emma, Gravenberch, you know, he, I think he was looked at by Liverpool. I, I, I was surprised if he wasn't um, before he moved to Bayern Munich because he was brilliant for, for Ajax. Like, he's a brilliant player. Like, I, any time I've seen him play, I thought, proper, proper player, this fella. And when i seen 25 million, I was like, fucking, that's a snip. But it hasn't really worked for him. Um, he's 20 years of age, I think. 20, yeah, it might be about 20 years of age. The talk is it could be somewhere around the £40 million mark because um, it hasn't happened at Bayern from. And we spoke last week about well, Gravenberg and McAllister, whoever it might be. They supplement what will be our main midfield signing, but forgetting everything else, Ryan Gravenberch to Liverpool at that price, is he something you would do? Absolutely. Um, I don't know a whole lot about him. I've watched a few videos. I've seen a couple of the OX games, but um, I mean, it's very hard to get footage of him this year. I think he's only averaged about 20 minutes a game, 333 minutes or something in 18 games. Um, but... Like it's not like he's going in to try and get into a midfield at Brighton or somewhere like that. You've got Joshua Kimmich and uh, Goretzka ahead of you in the team, so it's going to be hard to break <coughs> into that. And I think even Musiala is, is probably getting a little bit more playing time than, than Gravenberg well. is. But he was highly touted before going to and 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 linked to us. There's a picture of him in the Liverpool jersey and all that kind of stuff and whatever. And that immediately means he's going to sign for us, of course. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's young. Uh, 
he plays he can play any of the position he can play a six an eight even a ten is is the position but his main position is a six and i think i've been screaming out since last summer possibly last january that we needed the the main midfield that i think that we need is a six is somebody to rival or rotate uh fabinho and i think he could be the perfect understudy to fabinho he's not dissimilar in stature um to the to fabinho um and for for his age he suits our model perfectly i think other people have mentioned paulinia i think he might be slightly on the older side 27 28 um i think to get graven now for that price is probably even below where our sweet i think our sweet spot was probably around 35, 40, three or four years ago, it's probably around 50, 60 now. So to get someone of his talent for that low, you kind of nearly take your hand off. I think somebody else said in the chat there earlier on, if we get Gravenberch, you may say goodbye to Bellingham. But I don't think so. I think they're two completely different players, well, completely different positions. Does um, You never walk alone 97. So for 35 to 40, he's an absolute steal. He's a fantastic player with Trevor under Klopp. It's been quoted up to 25 million, but Bayern will probably want a bit more, says Chris. Uh, Mr. Sinclair reckons he's a bit more box-to-box, not a six. He reckons yeah, whenever I've time. seen him, he was box-to-box. So yeah, like, yeah, but you, I think what happens at our Ajax in particular is those midfielders can play anywhere. You know, like they can they can go and play in a six, they can go and play in an eight, play in a ten, they can play like that's the way they're brought up. Players on the X can play right back, left back, anywhere. But that's what I'm saying. If you're if you're centre midfield, you know, Frankie De Jong could definitely go and play in, in at the base of midfield, but he could also play an eight and most definitely could play a ten. Um it's just where you put him. I think I get where you're coming from with the whole defensive midfielder team because everyone has this feeling and issue over Fabinho at the minute. And I think it's probably fair to have one. But I think you know Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. My point on this is, is that when you bring a midfielder in, I want a midfielder to come in and I don't want to argue if he's a 6 or 8 or 10. I want to know what the fuck he is and I want him to go in there and do it. I don't want, oh, we Klopp will do this to him. I don't want Klopp to do that. I want Klopp to leave him the fuck alone, put him into position and play with Liverpool. That's what I want, right? I'm all for players and they go here and they might do this and they might do that. When you're good and you're flying and you have options, right now we don't. We need players to go in there and go, listen, he's our absolute dirt last season. This is how it's done. This fella goes in and does this, this, or this. Three of them, and we're good. Um, so I'm not against grabbing bitch. I think the age profile, the price, the experience he has with Ajax, I think the, the thing at Bayern might help him, actually. You know, kind of level him off a little bit. He probably kind of went, wow, Bayern, and I'm 20 years of age. Probably level him off a bit. But when he comes into Liverpool, if Liverpool are signing him and saying he's an eight, play him as a fucking eight, or play him as a six. we ha- I think to, to a certain point, we have to stop doing this or we can do this this and this now we need players to come in and just go that's your position um, Shawnee Ryan Gravenberch um, big strong can dribble can play ball can score a goal he can, he can do everything in fairness to him um, a star has fallen like Chris says and that's probably what attracted Liverpool as well but at, at that sort of money I'll put it to this with Shawnee we were signing him 12 months ago that sort of money he'd be going fucking, fucking great does, that, does anything change now 
No, it doesn't. Look, I wouldn't be put off with his struggles at Bayern either because it, it's become a bit of a graveyard for, for players down there. Uh, lately, Bayern are a bit of a mess at the moment. I know they show up and they win the Bundesliga every year, but it doesn't seem to be all going too well there. I think Wizard nailed it in the chat with Gravenberg. Gravenberg reminds me of Pogba when he was at Juventus. The, the, don't get me wrong, I, I know it's gone horribly wrong for Pogba for a myriad of reasons, but in terms of talent, there hasn't been many more talented footballers around than Pogba in the last 10 years. And Gravenberg, when I was watching him at Ajax, was like, fucking hell. He has everything, his legs, his pace, he's, he's skillful, he's great with the ball, he, he's scoring all sorts of goals, headers from range, he, brilliant with the ball, he, he looked like a ready-made package and it looked like it was the, really the next one coming off the line of um, the uh, Ajax. And when Bayern signed him last year, you were like, fucking hell, that, that's a brilliant deal. Like, mm. it, it was so... Look, if there is something in it, um, yeah, oh, oh, I think Graven Birch is, is exactly sort of what we need at the moment. It's a, a big presence in there. Um, I agree. I 100% understand what you're saying in terms of we just need specialist players to win and play in their specialist positions. Mm. But you know Klopp likes a player to be a little bit versatile. That's exactly what he is. This has been kind of going on now for a while, the talk around Gravenberg. So it wouldn't surprise me. One thing we never commented on what Klopp said in the press conference the other day is he said that he actually came out and said that while looking at around 12 midfielders, I'm hoping we can sign some of them. I hope. I think that was kind of in jest like a sort of yeah, sort of relax his big children, sort of fucking way, like you know. But um, yeah, Gravenberch, I'd have absolutely no, uh, I'd have no quarrels about bringing him to Liverpool. I, the fact is, um, <laughs> we're not gonna, we're not gonna be the only club in from if that's the reported price. So, I hopefully the groundwork is done. So, yeah, look, club torn down goes. We're gonna probably sign players in this window who you probably. Didn't think were brilliant beforehand, but you, you look back and say, oh, they were. And I think that's really what Liverpool need to get back to, what got us to the dance here, because going out and splashing money on big signings hasn't really worked for us. Signing the players, nobody really looked at saying, yeah, can they, like, for example, Mane and Sella and getting them for the explode. I think probably revitalising this lad's career is is a brilliant move because if he does hear it off, what's he, 20? He's in the same sort of bracket as Bellingham is. Five, six good years at Liverpool and Real Madrid will be looking at someone like him. Now, if we're winning titles and, and competing regularly in Champions League, you won't have that issue, which we haven't had of late. And that's the level you want to get back to. So being clever again in the window is as important as anything else is expending X amount of money. If you can get Gravenberg for the right price, I don't give a bollocks if he's not prime ready. Because I think so much is made of that prime ready shite. Because you'd happily have McAllister and Soisado from Brighton, who are only in the league a wet day and are ripping her up. So Bellingham's never played in Premier League. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather I'd rather Rose be the club taking the gamble and bringing these lads in. Than being the one getting <laughs> rolled, 
by the likes of yeah, Brighton's and, and whoever else. For me, Granbridge is a no-brainer. Absolute no-brainer. I, I'm signing him before Mount or, or Gallagher or any of the rest of them. Um, there's work to be done with the home ground, but that obviously that can be fucking sorted out, of course. So let's see if there's legs in it. Um, it, it, it appears that there is because... It's some that's kind of been whispers over for for a long time, and fucking Borga head Pierce hasn't poured cold water on it yet, so there is that. Um, so well, it'll be interesting to see how it works out. Paul Giovanni says FSG are looking for more investment to help with transfers and keep Liverpool competitive. According to David Ornstein, here we go again. Please, please, for the love of Jesus, please stop listening to these people. Honestly, like they, they, I can't. Like they'll have another story out in two days how Liverpool are going to invest heavily in the summer. And then they'd have another story two days later where it's going to be Liverpool mightn't be able to compete for this. Stop. Please. I'm I'm begging you to stop listening to these people because honestly, they tell you one thing then one day, somebody else backs them up twenty four hours later. And twenty four hours after that it's a completely different fucking story. Like honestly it's it, it absolutely it's mental to me how people still take these people's word as gospel. I cannot I just cannot get over it. This is the guy that told you in November Liverpool were for sale. They were for sale, that was it. And within forty hours he was he was oh well I was kinda of saying this and well, what were you fucking saying? It does me fucking head in. So I I tell you what, no actually don't stop reading it. I just I'm not putting it up on that screen anymore. How does that sound? Because it's absolutely mental. Absolutely mental. Um Gravenberch is in there. You're gonna get name after name after name, right? But the other one is McAllister off Brighton. Rumoured around sixty million quid. And that seems a bit low for me. I'm going to be honest with you. It seems a bit low for me. But Emma, is he a player you would take? And do you see any anything in this? My only thought on this was Brighton probably don't want to let both of them players go this summer. They signed so say to a new deal. So they probably think if one of them wants to go, McAllister's the one we're gonna let go. He's won a World Cup. He you know, he probably has more reason to go into Brighton and go, listen, I just want a bigger or I need to move to a bigger club. I've won a World Cup. This is me chance. So I say though did that in January, but so I say was doing that off a good season in the Premier League a half-ish decent World Cup when he was with Ecuador but you know McAllister probably has more of a more weight behind that sort of request is there anything in this for you um, or is it just another name and most importantly would you take him at Liverpool beside Ryan Gravenberch and Joe Bellingham yeah look, I've absolutely Jess, take, by the way you'd, for anyone who's head, head's fall off <laughs> you'd, you'd absolutely take him at Liverpool um, I think 60 million, unless there's some sort of an agreement in his contract, I think that's probably very low given experience in the Premier League and given the fact that he's won a World Cup. Um, I think if maybe, I think if you see him or if there's an effort to bring him in, that you might see more players leave Liverpool or sold. Um, I think you might, you might see I don't want to say Elliot. I think we'll hold on to Elliot, but I think you might see. Um, I can't think of his fucking name now. Um, Carvalho. Carvalho, either sold or s- sent out on a two-year loan or something. If you get like a McAllister type, yeah, I think okay. he's more. He's it, 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 look. I'm thinking of what formation. If we're going to stick with the four-three-three, 
Do you know what I mean? He, he probably fills a, a role that maybe Elliot would fill at the moment in that tree. Um, but yeah, a fantastic player. Take him all day long, but I think 60 is very low. If we if if we're offered if offered him for sixty, I take him straight away. Okay, um, I just think it's gonna be it's gonna probably be closer to the Casado money for him okay. as well, unless there's something in his contract. Okay, and yeah, unless there is something in there and and, and some sort of clause, because I think if you're looking for eighty to one hundred for Casado, I don't think McAllister is far off that on the evidence no. of the football he plays and how important he is for Brighton. But well, how long is his contract? Did he not only sign a contract last year? I think year? he signed a contract last January. Because yeah. when we when, when when we linked with him, was it he last? He was usually summer? free this summer, I thought. Yeah, or January, and he signed a new one until 2026, I think. But then again, when they signed these deals, like, I think Saicedo signed a deal, and there's definitely something in there, that if a team comes been. in, or X amount, you know, like, if a team ranked a certain ranked team comes in at this amount, he can go. There's definitely some, but it might be after next summer that they can do it. You know, there's a time limit on it. Shawnee, so there's, a, there's a, an article there. So, um, December 2022, to say that the club have agreed a contract extension with him last October, so October to yeah. June 2025. Yeah, yeah, I remember being either just before January or just after the the summer transfer window but Shawnee we spoke about McAllister and Mount you know them sort of players and we were saying to ourselves they, they're meant they should supplement what the real big deal is Um, but if we're not doing Joe Bellingham you do have to look at alternatives as to what they're going to do in midfield Um, where where does McAllister rank for you and if he comes in what sort of role do you want to see him play does he improve us and if so how much absolutely if open Improves, let's be honest. It wouldn't be hard to improve that. No, I know what well, that's when I say improve, was, I don't uh, want you to think oxen and, and, and that's I'm thinking with what's the greatest already, respect. What, what's he? Yeah, um, yeah, I think again, I think McAllister is a no brainer. He, like, he lit the World Cup, he lit the World Cup, but I think if you are looking at the World Cup and you were thinking he was the, if you didn't know anything about football, you're saying oh, that's the fella who was hundred million. He comes in on the second in the game, doesn't window. he? They're beating the he first didn't play the first game. game. He didn't play the first. He comes in on the second have, game. He made, yeah, he he made a raft of changes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, McAllister was brilliant before the World Cup. He's brilliant since he came in. He's Argentinian, so I'd say Keith probably knows what his daily calorie intake is, yeah. and he's been going right. on about him for fucking for years and fairness, and he's. He's a really good player, McAllister. Again, I don't think him and Soisado are signing contracts at um, Brighton if there's no sort of get out, get out clause. And that's that's probably just the way. And again, a bit like Dharma, but on a lesser scale, that's that model. So Brighton are probably thinking, right, it's a prime time to sell this fella now. And they probably have his list as long as your arm. As your arm. A players that they're going to pick up for eight, nine, ten million and, and repeat the process. Like I watched them yesterday, and that lad in CISO that they brought off the bench, like fucking different gravy. I'm like, where yeah. are you getting these from? Their operation is perfect. They're up there with the best run football clubs in Europe at the moment, and you kind of look at them with a little bit of envy because they're doing those smart deals. McAllister and Soisada, they're two brilliant players. If you could do some sort of package deal to bring Broughton Brout, in, I'd say they'd solve most of their problems, to be honest with you. But it's going to cost a lot of money. I can't see them selling both of them in the summer. 
which makes me believe that there's something in this McAllister one because we so I say that just recently signing a deal he's maybe looking to stay maybe for another year on, on bigger wages I'd say, any, I'd say any clause kicks in silly in the summer of 24 yeah I, and from the bits I've heard from people it's like Brighton want this one done early they don't want this to drag on through to July August because they've obviously got someone earmarked um, if I'm being clever we should try and have a little fuck looking at who they're trying to fucking replace somewhere and be picking yeah, him just well. get him instead. You know I mean? <laughs> um, yeah I think McAllister is a brilliant player for me he, he can do it all it, it's not that sort of like a Kate the way I'm kind of wondering what he does he gets around he's brilliant on the ball he has an eye for goal he's great in the tackle it's a no-brainer Gav I'll be quicker naming the players who wouldn't improve Liverpool this summer and make if it if the price is right with McAllister, it'll definitely make sense. If it if sixty million is being touted, then Jesus, you got to be all over it because it's far better value than paying eighty ninety million for a Declan Rice who I think is a good player. And so yeah, let's see. It's another one that we've been that seems to be consistent links to as well, but. It's, we just don't fucking know. We, no, we don't honestly, know. But like, like, we're not here to tell anyone we do know. But the thing is, it was there was another interesting thing that came out with Klopp, and he he, he said like, you know, he he acknowledges that the season hasn't been good. He acknowledges that we haven't been good enough. Um, but he also says he says in the, in the press conference basically, look, um, I'm absolutely behind the idea that we can, you know, finish out this season and make make moves in the transfer and be back. And ready, and the, and like he basically said, like Jesus, if 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 we went on this season alone, and we were a bit rash in it, there'd be twelve players I'd be just getting rid of, you know, get rid of them all because they've all been poor. Mm. And he he's he's well, and look, a lot of people claim it being naivety, and it may show to be that, but he's basically trying to say, look, yes, it's bad, but I kind of read off him that he feels that if he gets three or four in, to just change it up. He feels that this, because he, he's he's absolutely adamant that come the start of the season, we'd be ready to go again, we'd be ready to compete, we'd be ready to be, basically, no one will like to play again. So that was the words he used. And I think the three or four coming in will do that. You know, I think it's a bit stale. I think players are a bit comfortable. And, you know, Ox and Kate out and, say, McAllister and, and Gravenberg, Jean, immediately get your players on the pitch, one. And two, that in, in, by, in turn, that improves you. So I think what Klopp is probably looking at is saying, yeah, we would love to do this and we would love to do that, but what we're going to do is we're going to make sure that players that improve us are on the pitch <clears> playing <throat> and it also gives players that are there to kind of, you know, I, I might get a fucking game here because at the end of the day, Fabinho's being poor this season, but bar the three-week period, he's fucking playing every week. Yeah. Bar the period where we get hopped off against Brighton, <laughs> right up until I think we get knocked out of the cup by Brighton, and maybe a bit after that, he wasn't seeing Henderson the same. But they're playing every game since. Do you know what I mean? So the, the, the yeah. comfort zone is there. I think that's where Klopp is looking for me. It's as big as the names and the money is. I think he wants to rejuvenate what's there already because he knows he can't. And he said it. He can't go and get rid of I, them all. I think what's interesting that you saw. Not I'm not going to say a resurgence, but a return to some sort of form from Fabinho after Bicetic came in and went on a run of games. And Fabinho wasn't actually getting into the side. He came back and looked a little bit more like his old self, not fully back. 
he started getting yellow cards. That's when you kind of knew, yeah, he's he's kind of has that little bit of niggle back in him. Um, and I think you're right. I think somebody coming in that can maybe Fabinho goes five six games without getting again, and then he has to fight to get back into the team. That you, we're in a position where we can nearly pick the starting our strongest starting eleven. It shouldn't be like that. A couple of years ago, it wasn't like that. You didn't know who was going to start in what positions. Um, and I think it needs to go back to having a little bit more competition for places in the team, because it's not a it's not a complacency on purpose. This stuff can happen subconsciously. That I know I'm getting into the getting into the team. I'm starting on Saturday. I just know I am. There's no who else is going to start over me, and that kind of can weigh on players' shoulders as well. Mm. It's, and Gav, uh, that's why I think I think clubs in it. I think this is where like this is another part of the whole thing that annoys me is that like. The water's thrown around, and I know people don't like it. Like, but like they sort of neglected it now for to the extent where, like, people's going on about Klopp and, and why he kind of can't do one thing he hasn't done in his career, and is rebuilt the team. He's never rebuilt the team. He didn't do it at Dortmund because I don't think he got the chance really at Dortmund, um, and. If he's not back to Liverpool, you can't say that he's been given the chance to rebuild this team either. And it, it's it's kind of gone from where, in the best case scenario, this shouldn't never be a rebuild. If things are done, it's a top and up process. Like Ferguson, Ferguson was at United for twenty odd years, and he probably only rebuilt the team really once. After that, I was only ever just throwing one player on top at the end of the year, for example. You throw in a Van Nistelrooy, you throw in a Varane, you throw in a Berbatov. You're kind of just topping up what you have and keeping it going, was refreshing generally, like gradually. Whereas we've kind of left this now and there's a massive fucking gaping hole. And what's happening is you're papering over cracks until you get it sorted. Now, it's got to be Bellingham or no Bellingham. It's got to be sorted this this summer. Because if it's not, so, if it's not sorted this because if it's not sorted this summer and you leave yourself one short, you're going to be going into the next year going, well, Thiago's gone now. Henderson's a year older. And so is a couple of lads at the back. And I need a new centre-half all of a sudden. I need another starting centre-half. And that's that's what's kind of... This is kind of what, what backed us into the corner, where it is, it's not like you're just, you're just plucking a, a side off on Brighton and he's going into a, a Liverpool team that's fully operational and firing all cylinders. We need someone to come in and rejuvenate the lads that we already have there. Yeah. This is what I meant last week by saying, no other tree without Bellingham does that. Bellingham is a spearhead. He's the type of player you can build your future around. And and that's what sort of we need to be doing, but doing it in a clever way. We've left ourselves way too fucking much work to do now that it's got to be done. It's got to be done. But my worry is, is that as as Liverpool fans, I, I don't think, going up beating track here a little bit, but it is related. As a Liverpool fan, I'd, FSG have been very good custodians of Liverpool Football Club, right? They, they, they've put us in a spot where we were back at the top table. We find ourselves over now, maybe because of whatever's gone on there. Maybe their mismanagement, that Klopp not doing what he needed to do. But 
they, I don't think their objective aligns with ours. I don't think their incessant want to win and be champions is, is in line with ours. They're happy with the top four and being at the top four of Europe and the money that brings. Now, we're out at there, right? We're out of top four now. We're not going to get it. We've left ourselves way too much to do. As bad as sports or Newcastle may be, it's just not going to happen. We need to win all of our games and hope for for, for snookers in other cars. And I just can't see it happening. But the other side of it is, it's almost guaranteed that we're in that Champions League the year after mm-hmm. with, with this. the new And uh, lads, I've looked into this extensively. And it, it basically pretty much guarantees we're in the in the off chance that fucking Bayern Munich or Real Madrid finish outside Champions League spots next year in their respective leagues and we don't get top four, we might not make it in. But we're almost guaranteed to be in there. And that's what worries me because the investment to meet their objective is not even a necessity because coming down the line, it's take, this fucking... Take, take another year off like and. And we'll be back yeah, in anyway. Yeah. Exactly, Gal. And that's that's the most that's the scariest part to me that I'm I'm hundred percent on board with what yourself and Keith were saying last week that this we need major surgery, major well, we investment do because, in the but, but, but we, we need it's it. only this summer. We, we, yeah, but we need it. Oh we, we yeah, need we, it we because need, we need yeah. it because we want we wanna win. We wanna be we wanna be winning in trophies. They don't know they don't necessarily need it because Look, if fucking give him twenty to give give him the fucking a hundred million and let him sell what he needs to sell there, and it'll fucking even out at maybe a fifty million outlay of uh, with players going in and out, whatever. I know net spend is a lot of bollocks. It's a fallacy. It's not real, but th- they will look like that. Where it doesn't look like a window that's too dissimilar to years gone by with with the level of investment that they put in, and they're gonna get that return because we're nearly. I, I, you can look into it ourselves. I'm not joking you. We're nearly guaranteed to be in there. Yeah, no, but that pants are great. He says, he and, says and, we, we, and, we will be in. Yeah, no. and, and that's that's the thing because there's there's very few clubs in the world that that ethos is win, win. Madrid is to win, all right? Mm. Win at all costs. If, if Ancelotti is that the greatest manager in their history, if they fail to win a La Liga or a Champions League this year, they might fuck him out. And just refresh. Barcelona are the very same. Chelsea, that mantra at the moment is is mental because of Bowley. But up until Bowley, where Abramovich was like, you're getting two or three years, and if you win a league in your first year, in your second year, in your stinky in your third year, you're gone. Because I want someone in who's going to win. And they'll roll the dice until they do win, and then they'll celebrate that little wins. Man City is here, fucking do whatever you want. They've We've all know what they've done. They've cheated the system. But with the with the idea of winning, Manchester United are in the exact same boat as it is. Where their their owners are going, we're in the top four. That's fucking that's goosey. Look at look at when United ended up out of Champions League. They were the summers that they spent the most money because yeah, they were like, because they, we, they, we need to get fucking back in there now. Yeah, they the thing is, we're, we're almost near enough, guard, and that frightens the bollocks out of me, guard, because. To be honest with you, although FSG have been good custodians, I think we're at the end of the cycle with them. They've taken us to as far as they can take us in terms of being champions. And because their model at the moment 
is not one that's sustainable if you want to be at the top uh, challenging for major, major honours time after time. People have told us in the last few, I probably said, yeah, they always needed to change the model. If they don't get serious in this summer, then that's my worry because, again, we, we could have another year of this show and we'll end up in the Champions League on a, on, a, on a technicality. But you see, it can't because, right, like you said earlier, Liverpool, like, I think Liverpool have done quite well in the forward positions to do what you said. Add one in, add one in. We haven't gone, we need three forwards in anything, right? They've added in Diaz because they needed to do it. They added in um, Darwin Nunes because they needed to do it. And they've added in Gakbo because they needed to do it, all right? And that's absolutely fine. Defensively, they're probably one signing behind for me. And that'll probably have to happen in the summer. But if you go out, if you come out of this summer with a new centre half, and maybe something at right back if something can be done, but you still have to give the other young lads, um, his name escapes me now, um, the Scottish lads, it's gone. Ramsey. Um, Ramsey, sorry, if you give him a chance to come back because he looks like he's being, you know, poor out and you're not coming back until everything's right, you have to give him a chance as well. So in defence, you're probably one off. Midfield is not three midfielders. Midfield is three midfielders in the next six months. In the next 12 months, it's probably five midfielders. Because for, no matter what you say, right, James Milner's not going to last forever. Could possibly go this summer, will definitely be gone the year after. I have no problem with him getting another year. People go mad over it. He comes in every now and then. He should probably he should probably appear in about fifteen games a season for me, right? Fine. Jordan Henderson, you can see the you can see the injuries tolling up. You can you can see he can't do three games in a week. And when you're successful, you need players to play three games a week. No matter how hard it is, they go and they go and they go, right? You've got Fabinho who currently is in this situation where I think his legs have gone. I think his legs have gone. I think you see sports in him, and then it just goes again, right? You've got you've got Elliot, who I think is a great prospect. I think he's suffered a lot because of what's gone on. But if you rejuvenate, I think he benefits massively. Curtis Jones is a bit of an enigma for me. I don't know what to think of him. I, I really don't. And I'm not going to go too harsh or too high on him. I don't know. Boy, Chetage is a fabulous footballer, but he's still 18 years of age, right? You go through it, and you keep... And when you go to Thiago... Thiago's been available for 75% of Liverpool games since he's arrived at the club, which is phenomenal, right, when you think about it, right? But when he goes down, it hurts us massively. So you show how big a player he is. So if you bring in three this summer, you're going into next summer going, not Sean Henderson, Milner, Fabinho, Jones, maybe Thiago because of his age and he's been injured again twice this season. Now you have to do another three, at least so it's not I know where you're coming from with they mightn't do it for a year and then you know they get back in the Champions League and everything's rosy again but that only lasts you so long and the investment has to be there it has to be there and whether you it should be Bellingham if the price is what we think the price is I agree I think you should be able to do Bellingham Gravenberch and and McAllister together no qualms about it you should be able to do it because that's your priority now next season could come and you go we're going to have to go with Thiago for another season because we need a defender, right? But at least you're not going into it going, that is just hollow in there. It's hollow in there. And that's what it is at the minute. And that's why I keep going back to players that should play in that position because that's what holds us back at times where we go, I know it's grand because he can kind of slot in there and he can kind of slot in there and he can kind of do fuck all, let's be honest about it, because they've all kind of tried to do something and it hasn't worked. So... 
with regards to the investment, it's a huge summer. We've said it summer on summer, but it really is now. It's a huge summer where the club invests massively in this midfield, right? To right some wrongs that are there. And when we get to next year, right, you probably have to sell A, B and C for a combined sixty million quid, which is you know, you probably you probably think you won't get that, but you might. And you go, right, that's sixty million in the pot, them three are gone. We're bringing in three and we're spending fucking a hundred and twenty. Right? But the reason you only spend 120 is because the three you've signed this summer are good enough to say they're going to be there three or four years or five years and they're going to play and they're going to be available for you. So that's what they need to balance up. But at the end of the day, there's no way around spending money this summer. There's simply no way around it. And if we come out with this summer for me, where Klopp has got three midfielders and they've cost a combined 80 million quid, you're looking for them to do miracles again. right? And they've cost 80 million quid for a reason. Because nowadays, three midfielders cost you 200 million quid. Simple as. Whatever way you want yeah. to fucking dress it up, that's the way it is. But look, it's going to rumble on. It's going to go on and on and on. And we'll have to wait and see. But uh, announce, uh, like announcements of signings won't happen right now. But the names, the likes of Granberger, McAllister, if there's anything in them, which I don't know if there is, they're very good links to have. But you have to make sure there has to be three. And... You know Gravenberch, you know McAllister, and if it's a Bellingham or whoever else, they're going to be with you for five years. So they give you the insurance to go and do other stuff next season. But no matter whether you're in the Champions League by default for the next five years, you have to sort something now. Not only for now, but in the summer next summer and the summer after that possibly. And that's where they're going to be left with. Because other parts of the... It's all well and good being well. in it, if you can't, but if you can't compete in it, that's a problem. Well, that's the thing, and players. But, but the thing is, players aren't yeah, going to show up at Liverpool. What I'm saying, like, but they're not going to show up at Liverpool and go, um, um, "Oh yeah, I'm a Callis. I want to walk up. I'm going to Liverpool." They've told me though that they're not going to really bother the bollocks trying to win anything because you know they're not going to. He's not going to play for them. He's not going to play for you. He's going to play for Liverpool because Liverpool are going to say to them, "We're going to bring in this, this, and this. This is our plan. We want to win this, this, and this, and we're going to go for it." Then he'd sign for you. But he's not going to sign for you if he thinks you're just going to knock body our bollocks. Just get your fourth place and wander around fucking Europe every year. Players want to win things. They go to these clubs to win things and it's up to the club to reimburse this player with ambition. That's it. There's no other doubt about it. Um, Leeds tomorrow night, quickly before we go. Um, seven mil. Seven mil. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, like I've seen a lot of Liverpool fans going, mm, not much to play for. Might take a two one defeat here because everything can be fucked. Um, <laughs> um, should be winning this game. Should be winning. I think it's a huge game. Ellen Road. I've done a, I've done a preview with Joe Eamon and I was saying to him to Joe, I wouldn't be surprised with any result really because I can't gauge Liverpool. It's so hard to gauge them on a week to week basis. But are we winning this one, Shani? I don't know, Gav. No. It's very hard. Ellen, Ellen Road is a tough place to go when you're in form. Uh, Monday night when they kind of when you could kind of say results probably went away this weekend in terms of if they got a positive result, they would be huge for them. We've been fucking desperate away from home this year. Three wins, honestly. I'd imagine we're near enough relegation. Or we've the fourth fourth worst away record in the league, I think. Yeah, which is. Is, is telling because if we had a half decent away record we'd be comfortably in the, the, the top four spots. Um, but I, I think, think Southampton have a better away 
record. Yeah, I think we actually now I think we win fifteen nil tomorrow because Diaz yeah. is back. But Kevin Sullivan says we win seven nil in the next three games. We're fucked because we won't need to sign any players. Um, so that that's the thing as well. Emma, are you looking forward to this? Yeah, game? I, I, no, but I don't look forward to games anymore. Um, no, uh, it will be tough. Ellen Road is always hopping, but what I will say is, is that the travelling cop have been loud all season. If Anfield hasn't, let's just say the 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 travelling support are always always nice and loud. It's going to be tough. I think I think we win it by the odd goal. Yeah, I had this and down I think for an odd goal. I think, well. I think there, there might be, you know, when I say an odd goal, like I'm talking probably 3 2 or something. There's going to be goals. Yeah. yeah, there's going to be goals. I think there's going to be goals in it, which is probably the Koi Bash. It'll probably be 1 0 to Liverpool. Mm. Do you know what I'd like to see, Gav? I'd like to check me phone at 7 o'clock tomorrow and go, fucking hell, what's he gone with there? Yeah, but you say this all the time and it never happens. Something different. And, and, and but we won't know until he fucking tries it. But, it, but we bang, know it's, it's not going to happen. Like, Shani, you must have said this to me now about a dozen times this season. I know. You know I'd love I to know. see lads an hour before kickoff, and it never happens. I'd love to see a Carabao Cup team. Like, fucking just go mad, do something. <laughs> I want to see something different. I do. Well, because well, I'm sick of watching the show you've been safe this year. It's I believe, a lot of um, Forget about Alison is a doubt. Diaz, it looks like he could be on the bench. Um, Canadian goes back, Alison of course. Didn't try for two days this week. Yeah, there's a few people there. Um, TLL, TLLFC says 2-1 to Liverpool. You never walk alone. 97 has 2-1. Uh, Darwinian Chimps says 3-0 win, he reckons. He or she, I'm not too sure. Um, 6-0 as not to encode a 7-0 course, says the reclaimer. Um, can we please not just go down 1-0 after 10 minutes, please, for the love of God, says Jake. Yeah, he also that'd says be nice. we've less a point. We've less away points than Southampton and Leicester. Dermis is 2-0 to Liverpool, Nunes and Salah on the score sheet. Um, look, we don't have a chance of getting top four. Even if we win all our games. How many games have we left? Nine. Nine. If we win our nine games, that would give us 71 points, I think. Right? Newcastle are currently sitting on 56, I think. Right? Yeah. So you need Newcastle to take 16 from the last nine. It has to be a capitulation. Um, and you know you aren't going to do that either. You know you're on 59, I think, with A to play. So yeah. we aren't getting top four. So I know where you're coming from, Shawnee, with just try something different. Let's let's have a bit of a fucking laugh between now and the end of the season. Um, but I doubt you will see that. You're, because what can he do? He still plays the same players. He still has the same players available to him. Thiago being back is, is, is good because he's nice to watch. But um, Cahill says 2-2. Chris Brack has 2-1. Bonkers has 3-1. Um... El Lad, um, he'd love to see uh, Carvalho play. Um, I think there's an awful lot made about him. I, I, I don't think he goes anywhere in the summer. I think you might see see a bit more of him next season. We've done that a bit with players where you do, you see them, then you don't, and then they, they appear back up. But um, look, it's a game. Elliot, Elliot should be in the same position. Yes, it's and just I, that he's been forced into so many. Yeah, and Elliot, game. Elliot, you might see Elliot play. Um, I'd like to see him play because I, I like I like watching Elliot play. One all says G ten, three one says Matt Dickinson. Um, but look, it, it's a game tomorrow night. It's one way you can kind of sit back and relax and watch it. Um, last question before we go. Um, I kept it. It was from um, Sas Copley, of course, Matt from this parish, and he asked this. He says, "Gav, who would you guys like from the relegation threatened teams? I can see us getting at least one player from a dropped team." Or a team that goes down. Let right? me have a look. Now, 
it all depends who you think is going down. Me and Kev done a show on Bookmakers last week. I think we had Forrest Bournemouth Southampton going down, but Bournemouth are just hanging around my heart lane, getting three points and stuff. So they're 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 actually six points away from everything. Um they're six points better off, you know, away from the drop zone. Depends who you have going down. First of all, question. Here's actually one question. Are everything going down, Sean? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. No. Actually, I'm looking at now. I'm looking at that. Looking at that fixtures now, it's fairly hairy for them. Yeah, but I think I think they, I they play see... Palace away, Palace away, Newcastle, then Leicester away, who are a bit of a basket case at the moment. Then they Bruyne away, then they've City at home, then they have Wolves away, who picked up a bit of form, and then they did. It, it's going to that last game. They play Bournemouth on the last game of the season, mm. and I it, I think if they're in a position where getting a result on that day means they stay up, then I think they'll stay up. I, that's fucking... I sound like the bleeding... The minister for the obvious, staying the obvious there, but <laughs> yeah. like, I just... I, I watched Forest today and are hopeless. Southampton are, are poison as well. I think Forest, of course, come to, come to Anfield next Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Um, Leicester... I don't know. Le- Leicester's a mad one. Uh, well, you can't really judge Leicester off the back yesterday. of playing City. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, Look, it's... It's. I'll say one thing. Although we're not really involved at either end, it's in terms of from being a neutral from what I've been for pretty much all of this season. Because to be honest with you, I couldn't give a rat who wins the league if I, if it's City or Arsenal. I could live with either. To be honest, although I think Arsenal have well and truly shit the bed um, in giving up two two goal leads in a row against City. We know what it's like. It's all destroying. I'll, I'll carry that by saying, I, I, I'd imagine I speak for all 504 of us here that I don't miss that fucking agonising watching, watching the first 20 minutes. Watching Man City yeah. go 1-0 up after 80 seconds to a back-to-post happen every week to absolutely smash the gaff up yeah. when they score late winners. I don't really, It's nice to have a break from that, if anything. So thanks for that, lads, at least. Um, I, I, I right. This is what I'll give you about everything. I think if everything now got down, I think they're fucked anyway because they're gonna get hit major league next year in terms of a deduction, and I think that would actually be worse for them. I don't think it'll I be think, a deduction. I think it'll be a transfer ban for a year, which will mean they won't be able to sign anyone, and that squad is not staying up. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I I'd rely on Deutsch or whatever, but they just it. They're absolutely shy. Like and I don't even take pleasure in them from being that shy because we've been, we've been shy as well. Let's be honest. But like, if everything were to go down, it's a Sunderland job. It's a Sunderland job. Yeah, like, and and it, that's it's, it's, and that's not being that's not being like Liverpool yeah, it's fans really bad. I listen to everything podcasts. I do every week, right? I listen to the Blue Room every week, and they have the opinion if everything go down, they won't come back up because. The amount of money in that club that's owed for stadiums, 
to players' contracts that don't have clauses in them for relegation is absolutely colossal, right? Yeah. And already running uh, averaging 130 million losses, I think, um, per year. It's absolutely unbelievable what will happen at that club if they go down. Like, it's just savage. Like, that 60 million parachute payment is, like, you might as well be pissing up against the wall because it just won't yeah. put a dent in it. I think... The anti-match question, though, Gav, just before... Yeah. The anti-match question, it, it'll either be Lavia or Belicatio from Southampton. So you have... I actually think Walker Peters would be a very clever sign as well for Liverpool. Um, yeah. Because yeah. he's English and he's versatile and he can play left or right back. And I think it could be like a clever bit of business to bring him in. Um, again, i chalk down on that. Just the little clever ones that allow you to go big on the other ones. I think mm. Marco Peters will be... Yeah. There's um, so many there. You there's a few from. at Southampton that are interesting. Well, um, definitely a couple at Southampton. Well, uh, in, the, in the relegation thing now, I, I said I, I'd bomb it might go down and they might still do. But looking at it now, I think it's between Everton and, and Leicester for the last place in the in the drop zone. I think Forrest will go down. They've too many players that are just fucking don't know who they're playing with. Um and it's catching up on them. I think Southampton just can't they get a win here and there, but then they get beaten three in a row and they just can't keep it up. Um I think you can't judge Leicester off the whole Man City game, but they have got big games coming up. And the way I look at it is looking at Everton squad, Leicester squad, Leicester brought in a new manager, the fixtures they have. Can Leicester take two more, three more points in Everton between now and the end of the season? My answer would be yes, especially on Everton's fixtures because we, we say they, they play Newcastle at home. I think they play New, or Newcastle away, maybe. Um, and they've they've City at home and then they've, they've, they've a couple of big ones in there, Palace, Brighton. But it's the home games. If they go a goal down, the places like I listed the, the blue room, and they were talking about going two one down against Fulham the other day. The whole the whole team just stopped, just went. We we were not getting back in this game, simple as. So, I actually think they might go down. And the reason I want them, not the reason I want them to go down, but the reason that is the player I take is Onana off them. That's who I take off everything is Onana the midfielder. He's a he's a player. He's definitely a player. Um, so that's who I yeah, go for. They pay big money for him, but like yeah, but they'd be giving them away for fucking. You look at everything and though, and it's champs, just like come the end you of find the yourself, you find yourself every week saying about everything, right? A home game, a home to Fulham or a home to who X team, they've got to win this or they're fucked, and they don't win them. Like they, they, they should have been beating Fulham as good yeah. as Fulham have been this year. They should have been going. Fulham have lost five on the bounce. Exactly, exactly. This is an opportunity to play Fulham. We're out, Mitrovic's there, man. We're at home, get it going a bit. I'm with you, Gav. Probably won't be long till I fucking swinging German Shepherds around by the ankles. Remember, he was running the club last season. It was great. Um, But no, I think think they're in in major trouble with the fixtures that are there and the fact that the home games, Bar City, where you just go out and have a go and you might get something, are real pressure ones. And they're not showing up for them. And away from home, like if they if they go and get beaten at Palace this weekend, I think it's another one where a team around them has done them again, and it's like that all all, all belief I think falls out of everything. And their fans are a bit like that. I mean, any of I've listened to are just like we gave it everything last season, but we have we got it in us again to keep going. Emma, who goes down for you? And if they go down, which player would you pick out of 
those players. So I, I look. I think Southampton are as good as gone, and I, I had that. We had that transfer show a few weeks ago, and I said Bella Kotchap and Kyle Walker Peters, um, for Leicester. I don't know. I don't even know whether I take Madison. If I'm being perfectly honest. Harvey Barnes has been mentioned a few times in the chat here as well. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Indeed, he might be worth a look for what we, we might need, but I think his injury record isn't great. Off Everton, the only one that I would take would possibly be Onana, um, or even that Patterson kid at right back. Yeah. Um, he's impressive. I've seen him. He's quality. Um, I think Everton do go down. Um, I think Leicester probably have enough. I think Leicester probably score enough goals. They have enough goals in the team to try to to stay up. Um, so Onana and Patterson the only thing I take off Everton I I wouldn't even tell even begin to tell you how many players Nottingham Forest have or even know who they are to be able to try and take <laughs> one I definitely wouldn't um, so I'll yeah, tell you who I take Walker I, Peters I take the striker off off Forest um, is it Brennan Johnson. Johnson Brennan Johnson yeah. yeah yeah I think he's I think he's a very very good player that's but that's the only that's the only one I take but if everything go down, I think it's Onana. Um, there's some great shouts from Southampton, but it's going to it's going to go to the world. I think you're right, Sean. I think it might go to that last day. But I think I think I if everything stay up, it could be on goal difference. But I think and if they it. stay up, I think if they stay up, like I am surprised some of these clubs haven't written a joint letter to the FA already or the Premier League saying what is going on with this. Like they're literally going to stop us from staying in this league, and if there's some financial issues here, so even if they do stay up. You can point to the, the the time of process and how it's happening. That's just life. I have one actually, but I think I think they if they go down, they'll either get a point deduction, which fucks them, or yeah. even worse actually, I think might be a um, transfer ban because that squad, trust me, is not staying up next season. Especially if the likes of Onana, Patterson, and one or two others go, I'm not staying here. Fuck that, I'm out of here. You should sign for it. You should sign Pickford, lasso him to the back of a horse and pull him around the cobblers on Concert Square <laughs> until he's absolutely <laughs> raw red, the fucking reprobate. That, that no, I wouldn't, spend the, I wouldn't spend the money on him. I wouldn't spend the money on him. Um, look, the rest of the week on the channel, uh, tomorrow usually is winners and losers, but Liverpool are playing, so we'll have a full-time Reds. I know I know Kev and Chris are on that, and Matt may be on as well. Um, Tuesday, we'll do winners and losers. Wednesday, we'll probably do a call-in show. Um, Thursday we're bringing back um, viewers voice and um, we get Matt to bring up a couple of topics and we get a couple of guests on for that Friday will be your Friday um, your Premier League forecast um, Liverpool then play Saturday don't they against Forest am I right I'm nearly sure they're 3 o'clock Saturday against Forest I could be wrong um, yeah, 3 o'clock Saturday yeah so we'll have a full time Reds at 5 o'clock ish on Saturday and back on Sunday with um, the fat back four uh, a lot of people have asked about the golf channel um, recording on Tuesday um, I'm playing a couple of holes on my own where I'll probably just use one club um, and my putter because I'm not going to use clubs that shouldn't be used on the green on the green um, I'm, it looks like I'm playing with the club pro down there so we're going to have loads of fun with that and then we're playing with a young fella he's 14 he's playing off four he's won a co- another competition in like monsoon weather at the week, uh, during the week. So we're going to try to do a video with him as well. So there's loads of recording going on from Tuesday. Please God, the weather's okay. And we keep getting those videos out. So subscribe to Bang Average Golf. And as I say, 
if you want to see us do stuff, let us know. Um, we're bringing on guests now. We're bringing on all sorts of stuff. So let the mayhem begin. Um, Michael Kilbane with a super chat. Thanks for that. That goes to our charity. Kefran Toram and McAllister should be top priorities. Doak needs to be coming off the bench for the remainder of the season. Sean e. Lawson fully endorses that. Um, ben Doak coming off the bench. Ben Doak should be starting in the middle of midfield, as far as Sean is concerned, for the rest of the season. Um, if Ali's and- out playing in goal tomorrow. Yeah, um, you never walk alone. Says thanks, lads, for another fantastic show. As always, good to see Shawnee smiling today. Shawnee smiles every day, every day, especially when he's with me because he, he likes me. But despite what all you pricks think, um, <laughs> anything else before we go, Shawnee? Not more cardio tonight, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not it's too sure about that. Like almost like that plunker fella is a bad apple. I know, yeah. It's going bad, isn't it? <laughs> nah, he's a legend. Oh, he, he, he loved me little glowing and Damon on Alexis yeah. McAllister. Now nah, it was a good show. Um, I just can't fucking wait for the season to be out now, to be honest with you. I, know, I really yeah. can't. I know. And we're going over to watch a bleak. We're going over to watch this show um, before the end of the season. Um, oh, well, I'm looking forward to that because... Ah, that's, that's going to be a crack, we- isn't it? Yeah, it's just gonna be loud of drinking. I go and live up with yeah. that shit. Look, listen. Uh, for three when I think about it, when I think about it, I've gone forty years of age, and Liverpool have probably been shy for seventy-five percent of my life. So yeah. none of this should be new, you know. What yeah, I mean? but no like, way, this, this, no, no way to like experience it than just going to Liverpool with five lads and just going, ah, they're shy, auntie, and then just yeah, getting another drink in, and then we just go home on a plane then on a Monday. Exactly. Actually, yeah. 100%, um, yeah. I'll ask Emmett now, but I've just been reminded. The charity, the, the link is in the description. I'm, I'm sure you're sick of hearing me saying it, but I'm not apologising. The link is in the description if you want to donate. Please do so if you can. If you can't, share it wherever you can on your social media, friends, fa- friends, family, colleagues, canteens, you know, wherever you can, share it so people can just literally donate and help us with this. The golf day is fast approaching. We are looking for sponsorship for uh, tee boxes, long drives, nearest the pin. Um, if you want to donate if you know any person that wants to donate or any company that wants to donate um they will obviously be their names will be put on the tea box on the day to say that they're sponsoring and it would be brilliant if you want to donate raffle prizes you can do that if you want to send us money and say there's 50 quid buy two raffle prizes we will absolutely do that for you we have no problem going out and buying the prizes for you if you want it to be that way lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com um and we will follow up immediately with you wherever you need or if you don't want to email us and you want to message Emma or Shawnee or me or anybody um, the lads will get the message and pass it on to me and trust me I will drop everything when that email comes in or that message comes in I'll make sure it's sorted because like the golf day is great crack and we'll have fun doing it but raising the money on the day through sponsorships of all those things I've mentioned and raffle prizes that's where all the money comes from on the day alright the players pay to play golf on the day all their money goes towards them playing and being fed afterwards and giving them a couple of prizes for turning up and helping. They will buy raffle uh, tickets. They'll do all the things to help us. But all the money that's raised on the day comes from people sponsoring the holes and long drive nearest the pin and giving raffle prizes or donating towards the raffle prizes. And that's where we'll get the money from. So if you can or you know anyone or any business that can, lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com and um, we will do everything we can to you know, make it as easy as possible for you to help us out on that day. Emma, anything else before we go? No, no, all good. Just looking forward to, well, I, I know I joked earlier on saying I don't look forward to matches anymore, but I've been doing this since mid 80s. There's a match on the telly, I'm sitting in front of it, regardless of how good or how bad we are. So, hmm. ah, we'll have a nice time we'll, watching. We'll, 
we'll get the, the win by the odd goal tomorrow night. Good stuff. And um, we'll leave you with this. Owen Bork reckons that uh, Keith is up on the table blasting Leona Lewis at this very moment. There's a very good chance that is happening. <laughs> Keith is probably up on the table blasting out Leona Lewis from his own mouth. Um, he's not even listening to the CD. He's just doing it off his own head um, because that's what he does. Keith just gets a song in his head and starts singing it. And when you tell him, listen, Keith, you're a bit loud there. Am I? Keith, <laughs> the whole pub can hear you and the sound system is playing full pelt here and everyone can still hear you. But um, he loves it. He absolutely loves you. What a bloke to go out for a point with, by the way. He's absolutely brilliant. Um, that has been the Fatback for. Thanks to Shani. Thanks to Emma. Thanks to everyone in the chat. Anyone that listens afterwards, I hope you enjoy it. Give us a five-star review. Yeah, talk to you soon. Over and out. Sports Social Podcast Network.